Hello and welcome to Michigan's Path to a Prosperous Future, a podcast by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. This is Lauren Gibbons. I'm a reporter with Bridge Michigan, and I'm your guest host today for a discussion on the overall healthiness of Michigan's population. I'm here with Eric Lufer, president of the Citizens Research Council, which has done some very robust work researching the state's population woes. Their work has informed our reporting at Bridge Michigan, but has also spurred a statewide conversation that involves the highest level of state government, including the governor's office, where Governor Gretchen Whitmer has appointed a new council specifically to look at these issues. So for this podcast, I wanted to talk to you about your research paper titled Health Challenges and Opportunities, which gives a good overview of where Michigan is and how we got here. To start it off the top, it's pretty depressing. Michigan's population is overall less healthy than the national average and have been declining. So could you talk a little bit more about how we got here? Yeah, Lauren, thanks for being with us and appreciate you doing this. I want to start off by giving a nod to Alterum, who was our partner in this project and was the primary author on this report. As you suggest, when you start digging into the health of the Michigan citizens, it's not a real rosy picture. When the experts in this go through and look at the different aspects, they rank Michigan 39th among the 50 states. So... We have a series of measures that they've used that show we have high rates of chronic conditions, and that's cancer, it's uh, liver disease, it's a whole bunch of things that all affect our ability to be productive members of society, active members of the workforce, and just don't feel good. If you don't feel good, you don't go out and do things. That's both mental health and physical health. Hopefully our listeners have just listened to this one talking about our education system, talking about our workforce and the economy. And that issue and this issue are very tightly tied together. Um, We have less people in the workforce in Michigan than most other states because they don't feel good, right? They aren't able to participate in the workforce. They have more days lost to uh, mental health days and physical health days. and it die younger ages, so we're losing more and more members of that could be in the workforce. If you don't feel good, you don't do good in school. You get lower grades. You're not able to pay attention. You're not able to do the studies you need to be successful. So it's really something that we got to get our arms around and, and improve if we want to improve on everything else that we talk about, about the human aspect of, in our series of reports. And one thing that really struck me about this paper specifically was just the discrepancy in life expectancy that some of these trends are borne out. It sounds like a lot of the underlying demographics of those with worse health outcomes are similar to what we talked about in previous podcasts, but the life expectancy by neighborhood varies by as much as 29 years was pretty wild to me. Yeah, that's pretty incredible when you dig into it. So if you're in some of the neighborhoods in Detroit, you're uh, likely to die, as you suggest there, as much as 29 years younger than your neighbors to the east in the gross points or some of the neighbors to the north. And that's really a crazy statistic when you start digging into it and and think about it. The, The idea that 
where you're born will determine how long you live, will determine your health outcome throughout your life. And uh, there's a lot of underlying issues that go into that. To me, it's sort of the blocking and tackling, doing the basic things that we should be doing as a society. And we're just not doing it well in all areas of the state. And, and we got to get that turned around. There's always going to be disparities. So you're never going to go do away with them. But to have that much variance should be unacceptable to everyone. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about the healthcare sector and the care that's available to Michigan residents. How does Michigan compare to other states and what does our public health uh, map look like? Right. So when we start looking at this, there's, there's two different issues that we have to separate. Most of the times when you start talking about health outcomes, health challenges and opportunities, the mind immediately goes to the hospital system, the, the primary care physicians and the specialists. Let's put that aside as the health sector. In Michigan, we have great doctors. We have great hospitals, some of the best in the world, the U of M system and uh, Detroit, Grand Rapids, other parts of the state, Munson up north. We have really good hospitals that a lot of other states can be envious of. But the experts show that's only about 20% of what makes up the health of our citizenry. The other health system that gets less attention is what we call public health. And this is the activity of trying to keep you healthy so you don't have to use that health sector. So this is making sure that your um, your meat is safe, the food that you're buying at the store or in a restaurant is safe and clean. It's making sure you're not exposed to lead um, on the walls or through the air. It is campaigns against smoking and seatbelt use and all sorts of issues. And if we do that second part, right, if we figure out the public health side, then having that great health sector is a luxury, not a necessity. And that's really where we've come up short. So doing that public health, but also dealing with the social determinants of health. And this is the social and economic activities, uh, having jobs, having food security, uh, dealing with the environment, the behaviors, again, smoking and drinking and things like that. Poverty is a huge issue. We have great disparities between the haves and the have-nots in the state. And, and because we've separated ourselves ostensibly for racial reasons, but it also turns out for very economic reasons, uh, we are creating those areas where the life expectancy is so short. So both those things come together. So it's great that we have a good health sector, but we're really failing on the public health side And that's a big reason to be 39th in the nation, given everything we have. And and Lauren, if I can want to add one aspect to this, as I think it through, you know, answering your question, insurance is a part of it, right? Do you have access to that health sector? In Michigan, we do. We have a unionized state, and those unions have long fought for their workers to 
have access to health care, to have the health insurance, to see a doctor when they don't feel good. Michigan was an earlier adopter of the Medicaid expansion, so the the working low income people can still have access to health care and uh, health health insurance to get them there. So when I say healthy, you think about that health sector. We have great systems, and yet we're still having poor results, and that really reflects on the public health side of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And one thing that we at Bridge and obviously you at uh, CRC have been studying a lot is workforce shortages and the healthcare industry has been really at the, bearing a lot of the brunt of some of these shortage trends that we've seen. And it sounds like the projected growth of this of the older populations in the state and ongoing workforce shortages including more young people who could potentially take care of the older population leaving it all sounds like kind of a difficult situation in the next couple decades here this is where the earlier papers that you've listened to in the podcast really start to come into play and and you think about this so we're not growing as a state. Uh, our population for five decades, we've been able to say we live in a state of 10 million people. And a big reason why we're not growing is we've lost the young people, those grabbing their high school diploma or their college degree and taking off for other states, starting their careers, starting their families somewhere else. So it's that young generation, that beginning of the workforce in their 20s and 30s that's underrepresented, that's missing from our workforce. And so as we think about aging as a society, we have to worry about who's going to be the next doctor, who's going to be the next nurse, who's going to be the next floor manager in the hospital. And somebody not quite shopping for a rocking chair, but thinking about retirement not too far in the distant future. Who's going to be taking care of me? And that's a, an issue. Again, you know, listening to the podcast, this one about our workforce and everything, it's really investing in talent. And everything about the healthcare sector is about talent, getting the doctors and nurses that know their craft and are able to take care of us. And if we have scarcities of that talent, that doesn't bode well for us as a state. Mm -hmm. And I guess to really put a finer point on it, if these trends continue, do the problems that we've discussed, the health disparities continue to increase just by lack of people available to even help bridge the gaps? A lot of the attention has to be on the public health side. And, and my answer to your question was very much on the health side, but it, it's the same is true on the public health side. We're just coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic and we have fatigued a lot of people in the, um, the public health industry. So a lot of those workers are leaving and, and saying they just can't do that job anymore. We don't have the people to replace them. Um, if we had done this study five years ago, before the pandemic, uh, we might not be identifying the 
the workforce as the major issue with this, but we would still be saying we have a problem with public health. So the pandemic has magnified this issue and accentuated the problems. And now as we think about the health of our citizens going forward and trying to put the mechanisms in place to succeed, we're extra challenged by the workforce issues and the lack of investment in public health um, at the state and local levels. And we've talked a lot about the challenges side of this research. So I, I want to close out with uh, some of the opportunities that are available. And I know you've mentioned a few throughout the show, but could you tell us as policymakers look to the future and trying to address some of these issues, what are some of the opportunities that Michigan has moving forward? So first of all, you, you have a great healthcare system. We have to leverage that. Uh, so the hospitals have always been involved in one way or another, but I think increasingly so in thinking about the issues of public health and why is it people are coming into the hospitals, what can be done. So partnering with their county health departments, doing the things they can within their own systems, the populations within their systems to improve the life circumstances so you don't have chronic illnesses and, and there's an opportunity to leverage our healthcare system. We have to strengthen our public health. Many years ago, back up until the Engler administration, we actually had a state department of public health that was broken up and parts of it put into different other departments. So the lack of a department level status with state government has really um, not allowed us to have a focus on public health and think about what needs to be done. Our county health departments for a long time have just gotten enough funding to do the bare minimum to carry out the federal requirements of them and whatever state requirements. So having that extra dollar to hire one more person and be proactive about thinking what needs to be done all of that has been missing, and we need to strengthen our public health. We talked about the aging of our population. Uh, we can't wait around for the baby boom to you know, be fully retired and say, oh, my gosh, we have a problem. We've got to put the wheels in motion now. We have to do the planning now to think about what are those needs of that aging population and what are we going to do now to plan uh, if workforce is an issue we can't just grab the kids out of high school. They're going to have to go through college. That's at least four years. So whatever action we're putting in place now is a few years down the road before it pays dividends. We have to start the planning now. Focus on behavioral health. Mental and substance abuse problems have, again, been accentuated by the pandemic. More and more of a problem. We can't just you know, skate by and hope those people find the relief they're looking for. We have to invest and we have to realize that this is a problem that is only growing in scope. It's not lessening and we have to get ahead of that. And finally, let's finish where we started. If we don't address the health inequities in our state, we're going to fail as a state. We're only as strong as our weakest link. And we just don't pay attention and allow some parts of our population 
to fail because of poor health, simply because of where they live and the circumstances they're born into, um, that just doesn't do well for us as a people. Hate to end on a poor note, but that's really maybe the biggest challenge we have in front of us. Yeah, and I think it definitely underlines the fact that uh, a lot of these issues do have, in some cases, a life or death impact. Yeah, and we'll continue to be keeping an eye on this, and I'm sure, I'm sure the Citizens Research Council will as well. But on, on that note, this this has been the second in a series of installments in Michigan's path to a prosperous future. The podcast with the Citizens Research Council of Michigan and Bridge, Michigan. I'm Lauren Gibbons. I've been your guest host with Eric Lufer. Thanks so much for listening. The Citizens Research Council of Michigan has been providing lawmakers, academics, and the media, and all Michiganders, really, with factual, unbiased, independent information on significant issues concerning state and local government, organization, and finance for 107 years. Our research is available to you. Go online at crcmich.org. And on Twitter, at CRCMish. Download our research, check out our numerous blogs, and listen to our podcasts. And while you're there, please consider supporting our research with a donation. We rely on charitable donations for our work. This has been a Facts Matter podcast, a presentation of the Citizens Research Council of Michigan.